0: Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing in small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. And thank you, as always, for stopping by. And um, yeah, we're going to cover a lot of different stuff today. We're going to be looking at uh, some retail numbers. We're going to be looking at some stocks that we've really had our eye on, some that have come down into that buy territory where ultimately I think uh, I would like to pick some of them up. So I'll see if you guys have the same thoughts. Uh, We're going to be looking into uh, a possible Santa Claus rally. Are we going to get a Santa Claus rally this year? Or did we already miss that boat? Is that, uh, those numbers already ran up from late October, early November? Is it done? See, things seem to have, uh, kind of been trading sideways over the past week. It was a lot less volatile out there. Uh, I had some days that were, you know, a tenth of a percent or less actual movement overall in my portfolio. Um, but yeah, we've got definitely some different things going on with crypto, with stocks and, uh, ultimately, I just want to kind of cover all that for this Thanksgiving week here in the the US. And uh, we might only be doing one episode this week. Because of the uh, the holiday, it's gonna be hard to uh, get an episode out. And uh, I don't know if many people are gonna be listening in on uh, Thanksgiving. So maybe we'll just make next week's that much better. But uh, yeah, with that being said, I did want to uh, maybe change things up a little bit this week, just a little bit, not uh, nothing too crazy here. So Uh, ultimately we've been looking at, uh, the investing challenge. We're really trying to outperform the S and P 500 for the year. And, um, yeah, we're doing those votes over there on let it grow investing on Facebook. And ultimately it's uh, your decision to add one of these five stocks into our portfolio, uh, for that week. So get over there, vote on them. And, uh, ultimately I will be buying whatever stock we pick for the remainder of the year. Uh, on a Monday. So uh, going into our Webull portfolio. So I do have links in the description for the Webull portfolio. Uh, you start an account using my link, you do get some free shares. And uh, it's kind of a win-win. Any amount of money you deposit, you get free free stocks. So if you uh, haven't started or you're looking for a way to do uh, fractional shares, great way to do that over there. Uh, you can also do some crypto if that is in your uh, lane of investing as well. But um, Yeah. For week 47, we were looking at five different stocks. That's what we always uh, look at over here. And these were a little bit different this week. We were One that's uh, a regular on some of these polls is uh, CrowdStrike, CRWD. I really like where they're at right now. They've got a growing revenue, uh, a lot of growth in the company, and I don't see that slowing down. Plus, we need cybersecurity for uh, the world that we live in. It's just kind of... uh, Something that's an almost a necessity at this point to keep everyone's information safe when we're out shopping or surfing the web, whatever we're doing. But um, so, yeah, CRWD was the first name that uh, was on the list for this week. Number two was uh, MGM, MGM Resorts. They're looking to really get into that sports betting uh, lane more and more with more states that are legalizing the sports gambling Uh, so they're going to have that online sports book. I think in Maryland here, it should be starting within a week or two, I believe it is. Uh, so that is going to be getting geared up. I've been seeing more targeted ads for the market. Uh, you start and then they, you deposit any amount of money. MGM will give you an additional $200 to go ahead and bet with. So, uh, a lot of money they're throwing at people to really get that audience built up. And uh, hopefully get some users that are going to stick around once they use the product and uh, really are on that platform. Not my lane. I I don't mess with any kind of sports betting. But if that's something that you're looking to do, uh, I know that there are some some great offers out there really to get going on these different platforms. So uh, whether it's DraftKings or MGM, uh, I think that uh, they both stand to benefit from a lot of the legislation that's been passed, a lot of the changes that are happening out there. And ultimately, could be a good time as uh, some of the casinos have slowed down a bit. Uh, I know that they're kind of recovering now, but uh, through the pandemic, they were definitely slower. Uh, The vibe in Vegas was a lot different. You had partitions at all the tables. And in 2020, when I went, it was very, uh, very strange to be there during that time. But um, ultimately, that stuff came down. And uh, they're a lot more relaxed now. The cleaning is is you know over the top. Uh, I saw more people out there cleaning than than anything at the time when I went. But uh, yeah, so I think the resorts side of things, the casino side, is going to be recovering more and more. Uh, I still think that that travel piece is where a lot of people are spending their money more so on uh, this travel and experiences rather than goods. Uh, So I'm kind of thinking that might be a good play, especially with that legislation piece that really pushes, um, you know, these uh, these stocks and these companies a little bit higher. Another lever to pull on to get a little bit more margin, a little bit more growth. Uh, So I definitely think that that could be a good driver for them going forward. Uh, Number three was Activision. Activision Blizzard, the gaming company, uh, the name behind the Call of Duty franchise. I know that they are selling that title like crazy And uh, anytime that they come out with a new product, they are, um, you know, really looking to step up their game and make a better product time and time again. And uh, ultimately, Microsoft wanted to buy this one also. Now, is that going to get approved by the SEC? I don't know. I don't have that answer. But um, I know that if it does, this one will definitely rally. We have uh, an offer from Microsoft to buy Activision Blizzard at uh, $95, I believe it was. And currently we are trading at $73.90. So I think a lot of people don't think that this one's gonna happen. But ultimately you're still getting a, uh, a strong company, good growth, and uh, a small dividend, 0.6% of a dividend. So nothing huge there to write home about. But uh, a company that I think will continue to grow into the uh, the gaming uh, markets, whether it's the e-gaming or any of these new competition type things that uh, are going around really around the world. I think Activision is gonna, gonna be there to capitalize on that market. So whether or not Microsoft is able to buy them, uh, I think that this is a strong one. And the, uh, the average price target on this one is uh, $92. And currently, like I said, we're right around that $74 mark. So got about 25% of upside. And if the Microsoft deal does go through, that uh, price target would still be low because they're offered, like I said, $95. So it's a couple dollars more than the uh, the consensus from 10 different analysts here. So I definitely like that one as well. That one, uh, it's got uh, some of those concerns tied over that Microsoft deal though I don't think it would really go down so much it is a lower volatility stock than a lot of the the tech plays Uh, so it made the list for some of that potential on uh, on the deal on the gaming side and really kind of the fact that technology and gaming has kind of slowed since the pandemic and I think the stocks have been oversold in some situations due to that uh, that kind of fall off and stay at home and gaming But uh, yeah, number four, we were looking at this one um, for some of the inventory problems that they've had, some of the sell off they've had in the stock and really being one that is uh, pretty tried and true. And that name is Nike, uh, NKE. They've had their problems. They've had uh, some, you know, political problems. They've had some different issues. A lot of people said, oh, I'm never buying Nike again over some political stuff. But ultimately, they are still chugging along. And again, I think we've got uh, we've got some problems that a lot of people are kind of pushing under the rug to some extent when it comes to retail. Uh, and a lot of that is the, uh, the theft or the shrink rate that they'll have at these different stores. And I think that has probably come into uh, play with some of the uh, the robberies at the foot locker and things like that, where uh, a lot of the different products are getting stolen. We definitely saw that in the Target and the Walmart earnings calls. Uh, I think Home Depot as well mentioned something about that. And you're seeing these private label names show up on uh, resale sites or they're showing up on uh, Home Depot, or not on Home Depot, on Amazon when they're stealing from one place that it is a branded name for that store. They're then showing up on Amazon and they're trying to figure out how they can stop this amount of theft. So that is still a problem for all these different retailers. It's not specific to one or the other. It is an issue that they really need to crack down on. And ultimately, I'm not sure how we go about doing that and really, um, you know, move forward from this path of, you know, just steal to get what you want left and right. But uh, definitely a concern for Nike. Ultimately, I do think that this one has definitely traded down to the point where um, under 100, I'm definitely looking more and more at this one for long term. Uh, it's not possibly the, the one that's going to give you the most upside right now, but, uh, I do think that when retail and, uh, the athleisure wear kind of resumes its normal course and we get back kind of on track, uh, you know, the names like Lululemon and Nike really rallied into, uh, COVID lockdown, you know, the workout, you know, comfortable clothes, all that stuff, they really took off and now they've kind of traded in this trough. So do we buy them when they're in this trough? and hope for long-term gains. I I definitely think that is a decent way to play a name like Nike. I don't think that they're going away. Uh, I think it's a temporary slowdown with some inventory problems. They overproduced. Now they are trying to get rid of a lot of these different uh, items at a discount, whether or not they sell them direct to consumer or uh, dump a lot of product to uh, Ollie's, TJ Maxx, Ross Stores there's gonna be a lot of product that's out there getting sold for cheaper. So the margins might be lower in the meantime, we've got some other concerns, but I think long-term, this is going to be one that should do well. Um, Now, last one is uh, Hasbro. Hasbro games, they've got uh, a bunch of different brands of toys and games under their their ownership. And ultimately I thought, you know, at uh, what better time than the holidays to buy a toy maker and think that we might catch this Santa Claus rally. So we've got a, a PE of 19 and a half. We got a dividend of uh, 4.8%. And Hasbro is one that uh, has definitely been sold. We're we're catching this one at about a yearly low. So we've got about 49% of upside across nine different analysts. Uh, yes, they did have some Magic the Gathering card problems. Uh, I don't know that that is going to be forever lasting. I do think that Hasbro can uh, reinvent themselves or change up their product mix and really drive home these sales. And like I said, it's been oversold on a, a couple different issues. Again, inventory, being able to get the products into customers' hands at the right time has really hurt them. But now they've got that inventory back. They have uh, are in the right spots for uh, for the holidays. But ultimately, our customers going to come out and buy these products that they're selling. That is kind of the million dollar question with retail right now. Uh, Target went ahead and guided lower for quarter four, which was a big, uh, big punch to the gut for Target. You know, so that one definitely hurts. They thought, uh, you know, holiday season was going to be great. Ultimately, they guided down on this last earnings call. So that one definitely hurts. Um, And, you know, I'm sure Hasbro is sold in Target, Walmart, uh, a lot of these different retailers. So are they going to have a problem? That's kind of a, a big question. That's a big ask. It's the same as kind of what Nike's going to be. Um, but really, where do we want to spend this money right now? There's there's a good mix of stocks here. We've got uh, cybersecurity. We've got uh, resorts and gaming. We've got uh, digital gaming, uh, video games. We've got a retailer in the way of Nike that is going to be in that sports and athleisure wear. And then we've got some uh, consumer cyclicals in Hasbro. So ultimately, you guys voted, and um, we have a winner for week 47, and that one is going to be MGM. So uh, yes, we're buying this one eh, kind of in the middle of where it's been trading, and uh, I do think that this is a smart pick. I think where we're at in the legislation, we got some wind at our backs, and hopefully this one gets uh, gets pushed forward. Uh, like I said, analysts say we got about forty two and a half percent of upside. so thank you guys for voting for this one this week. I do like this name a lot and uh, I will be adding this one tomorrow um so that being said, where do we go from here we've got uh we've got five names for week forty eight and um when I'm looking at them now, definitely a, a tough it's tough to pick five different names try not to do um you know, at this point, how many have we done? 47 times five. I'm not even going to try to come up with the exact number. 235 different stocks that we have looked at over the course of this year. And this will be uh, five more. Now, I think most of them, I think all but one have made this list before. So I'm going to start with the one that uh, we haven't talked about. And that is Taiwan Semiconductor. That is TSM. Now, why Taiwan Semiconductor this week? Well, first off, um, Warren Buffett starts buying it. So if Buffett starts buying it, everyone's looking. That's just kind of how it goes. I did want to recap that he also bought uh, LPX and JEF, uh, which is my initial. So I should be buying that one, Uh LPX is Louisiana Pacific Corp. They are a wood corp that is also doing uh, engineered wood products and uh, their PE, this is a a typical Buffett move, is a 4.6. They've got a 1.4% dividend and uh, I think the wood plays and lumber plays have definitely come back into that point where you can buy these, Uh, especially going into a recession. Yes, they might be slow to respond, slow to grow. But Buffett plays that long game. We all know that. It's not going to be a tomorrow. This one's going to shoot up. But when the market comes back and this is trading at uh, 10 to 15 times earnings and it's a quick double or triple, um, I think that it is a smart play on his part to uh, go ahead and pick up some of these off the bottom. Uh, Ultimately, that wasn't the one that we were looking at this week. The other one was Jeffries, the financial group. And um, I I definitely like this one, too. Private equity is definitely. Private equity has definitely slowed down. We're at a PE of a 10.1, a dividend of 3.2%. And uh, again, this one kind of rallied on the fact that Buffett was buying this one. So another smart play. But in the way of the chip stocks, Taiwan Semi is a main component of that manufacturing and uh, kind of that hierarchy of, uh, of semiconductor. They are near the top. So when that all... Kind of gets broken down. We definitely see that this one has had a rough, uh, rough year. They came down from a high of 145 in January to a low of 59 in November. And uh, once Buffett started buying, this one has uh, responded nicely. But uh, there is still some upside, according to how many analysts we've got. Uh, five analysts on this one saying we've got about 21 percent of upside from where we are right now. Uh, so that one. Is definitely something that caught my eye in the fact that he thinks that uh, Taiwan Semi is a good value from where it is. This the most expensive based on a PE from the three stocks that he has uh, bought heavily this week at uh, at a 15 times earnings, but it does give you 1.8 percent of dividend. And uh, yes, there are some risks. You know what happens if China invades Taiwan? Uh, that is probably one of the most concerning problems out there to me. Uh, Buffett knows that as well. That's no surprise, but, uh, really, where do we see this going? If, if China really does attack Taiwan claims that it is under their jurisdiction, under their rule, uh, I'm not sure what happens then. That was definitely a cause for concern, but, uh, ultimately I do think that I don't know that the world's going to run smoothly without Taiwan semi in, in some capacity. So this is definitely one that's got to pretty much stay open. Uh, I don't know who's going to come to the rescue if, uh, you know, China were to invade. So a lot of different problems on that side. But from the value standpoint, from the supply chain aspects, from the fact that they are one of the top makers and top uh, producers in the semiconductor space, I think that it is a an absolute necessity for the world to keep uh, evolving. And I think uh, semiconductors are uh, I'm gonna mess up the numbers now I want to say it was like in 25% of the digital goods that are sold is uh, there's semiconductors in it anyhow um, very critical we saw what happens when semiconductors aren't available we know how that all goes we've seen that story play out so I think this one has to stay running and um, I, I think that uh, if Buffett's buying it it's going to get more notice and uh, it's definitely wind at the back for um, the the chip industry. Uh, number two, we're gonna run through these real quick. And uh, the second one is Palo Alto Networks. So another cybersecurity play. I definitely like cybersecurity here. Like I said, it's been trading down uh, on the tech sell-off, but ultimately these are just necessity to our our daily lives going you know forward from here. Everything's online. Everyone's information. And Palo Alto has about a 36% of upside from 35 different analysts. We are currently at 167. And that uh, upside, we are price target of 228. So um, the low being a, a 10% upside at 185. And uh, there is a high price target on the street of 495, representing 195% of upside. So, definitely uh, some bullish people out there, even on the low side. If we made 10% off of this, uh, I'm definitely good with uh, that even low side projection right now. Just the fact that it seems like this one has sold off too much. And ultimately, I think it's got uh, a lot higher to go. Um, Plus, the fact that we need it in everything that we do. I think this is a smart play uh, that is pretty much out of favor in Wall Street right now. But, as a stock. I think the company and the business and all of the other side of it is in a great place. So, Palo Alto Networks, P-A-N-W, is stock number two for week 48. Number three, um, you know, this one I talked about last time. I said, you know, Walmart has got that grocery game that is growing their business while Target and others cannot compete. Um you know, that's not to say that there's not other companies out there doing a great job. I know Costco is still doing really well. But ultimately, uh, Walmart gives me some reasons to want to be buying this one. Um, really, from the recession proof of how they operate, they've got so many different products, so many different ways to get your products, whether it be online, curbside, delivery, uh, in store. You've got all those different ways, but you've also got people coming in for food and then buying something uh, from the other side of the store, whether it's in, uh, you know, the retail or pharmacy or, you know, TVs, electronics, they've got every different thing there. And ultimately, I think their price model, their structure, their business makes them recession-proof. So I wanted to include Walmart in, uh, in the week 48 poll to have something that is gonna really kind of stand up to whatever gets thrown at it. And I think they will find different ways to drive that growth as they did in quarter three. They had that grocery number really carry their numbers higher uh, when apparel and merchandise was slowing. And that grocery business really came through and they were really finding a way to drive new customers in households with uh, income over $100,000 into their stores. So this one isn't going to be a uh, you know set the world on fire gainer. I don't think that is what we're looking for when we look at Walmart. So currently we are at a price of 150 bucks. Uh, we're looking to get to about 163 based off a of 24 analysts. So 8.3% of upside. And uh, what's the dividend here? We've got uh, 1.5%. So Kind of put those two together. We got about a 10% upside based on analysts and the dividend included over the next 12 months. The PE is a little bit high. It's definitely something that is concerning to me, but uh, I know some of their numbers have slowed. So the earnings is down where the price is still uh, fairly bullish. So we've got a, a PE of 45 times. So we like to see a PE on a stock like this, probably more like 20 but know that uh, some of the different numbers are a little bit skewed right now. So we'd have to dive a little bit deeper when we're looking into the actual numbers of this one and uh, really look at your price to sales, look at a lot of different revenue projections, everything that's coming in. But uh, I do like this one from the standpoint of having a recession-proof stock that is still looking for more ways to grow and uh, they've got a proven business and a, a long track record of surviving through pretty much any different environment. So that was number three. Uh, number four, uh, I'm tapping this one for some dividends, for some oil, natural gas plays. I think that is still going to be in high demand. And ultimately, um, this one is just a, a cheaper stock as well. So this one is Devin, Excuse me, Devon Energy. Uh, the ticker is DVN and, um, quick little recap here. They are, uh, engaged in, um, exploration, development, production of oil, natural gas, natural gas liquids. Uh, they're primarily focused, uh, onshore in the U S five core areas, Delaware, uh, basin Eagle Ford, powder river basin, Anadarko basin, and the Williston basin. So they're spread out, uh, in the U.S., but they are U.S. focused in really trying to find more oil um, that they also produce and um, sell their products as well. So they're going to be on that uh, the top level of actually finding, producing, and they are a, uh, a flexible dividend payer. So this uh, dividend is going to fluctuate, but as long as oil can stay above that 70, $75 a barrel, we should see that this price is uh, is pretty stable. So they have a seven point two percent dividend right now, uh, getting you about a dollar thirty five a quarter, and uh, what's that about two seventy five forty a year per share that you're going to be getting for owning one of these uh, shares of stock. So that's about uh, they're currently trading at sixty nine forty. And where are we going here? Where is the uh, the analyst looking at this one? So. Uh, 14 analysts say that this has about 19% of upside for an average price target looking at about 83 bucks. And um, yeah, a lot of these different analysts have a pretty good track record. Uh, looking at uh, John Freeman from Raven James, he's saying it's a buy price target at 87 with 85% success rate that he's had on Devin. Uh, Truest Financial, Neil Dingman, uh, has it as a buy $100 price target and he's got a uh, 82 or no, a 79% uh, annual uh, success rate for Devon Energy. So this one has a good amount of upside. The people that have called this one before still see more upside with uh, the natural gas crisis shortage uh, in Europe and abroad. We've got uh, definitely a, uh, a higher price on oil now we, where they can make more money on it. And ultimately, the uh, the P.E. is a pretty cheap uh, number as well. We are at 7.45 times. And the beta is a one. So it's a, not a very volatile stock. Um, that The dividend looks great. It's trading fairly cheap. And uh, ultimately, I don't see gas prices coming down anytime soon. So I'm thinking this one is a, is a pretty sure bet to get a nice dividend, have a good amount of uh, upside potential, and really one that I think we could just do well with. Um, now the next one, this one has been on here quite a few times and really, I just think it's getting to that point where it's just getting too cheap. Um, some people are going to argue with this one. I I know that, uh, this name is Tesla T S L A. And again, this one is a, a controversial one as a lot of people think that, uh, it's overpriced. It's at a 56 times earnings. Uh, You know, traditional automakers are much less in the teens or even single digits. Uh, It's also got a $569 billion market cap where it was above a trillion not too long ago. Uh, So it's definitely traded lower. We are near that yearly low, uh, which was set on the 20th. Um, Yeah, it says it was set today, but it doesn't look like that on... uh, on the actual number. So right now we're at 179. It says that the low was set at 176, which it says it's dated today with the markets not open. So that doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, the high price was 402. I'm not so concerned about getting back to 402, but I think at 179, we're getting too low. I do have a limit order on my own personal brokerage set at 165 to buy some of the shares that I sold back. Uh, so I am trying to reaccumulate those shares, but at a cheaper price. I thought that this one was going to go down with, uh, Elon selling off that $4 billion worth of stock that he had to sell on this recent round of sales. Uh, obviously he sold more this year, uh, in order to buy Twitter that had a lot of negative effects. We've also had a lot of other automakers come out with EVs, which has certainly hurt, uh, some of the market share in EVs for Tesla. But uh, ultimately, they still have the best charging network for their vehicles. Uh, they've still got Tesla insurance. They got Tesla solar. Yes, some of those are getting dialed back on the plant side. I understand that. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways that, uh, you know, they're making business from the battery packs, from the, the whole home uh, power walls to, you know, all the solar tiles that they're making there are more than just EVs. I think a lot of people fail to see that when they are looking at Tesla's business. And uh, I think last quarter, their uh, their solar panels were and their batteries were going to be a bigger part of their driver of growth in that quarter. And the margins were really good on that business as well. So, not just an EV, not just an automotive company uh, where I do think that that business might slow down. I think uh, a lot of these um, tax credits for solar and people going with uh, you know solar panels on their houses is definitely going to be another driver uh, for Tesla going forward. Plus, I think next week we've got the Tesla Semi, um, the first trucks being delivered to Pepsi we've got a lot of different things coming up to where I think that we can really see this one rally again. And, uh, we're really getting into that point where I, I think that, uh, you know, th- this one's going to, sorry, I cut off on a, uh, a time limit here, but this one should be running higher, uh, after, uh, some of these events that are coming up. And ultimately I do think that it has more upside from here, uh, for a lot of different reasons. So, uh, and I guess when it comes to the analysts, they agree with me on that. Uh, when I click over to uh, analyst research on ETrade, we have a average price target of 309. That uh, is coming from a price of 180. That uh, shows us about 71 and a half percent of upside on Tesla from here. So I definitely think that um, there's a good ways to move upwards and uh, one that I definitely think long-term is going to be a, uh, a winner in the space. Um, I do have a, uh, a Tesla service appointment on Tuesday, and I just wanted to kind of throw this out there real quick. Everything that they do is from the app. Uh, so you don't call them, which sometimes is kind of uh, kind of cumbersome. It takes a little bit more to go through the app and kind of set up, well, I've got this problem, this problem, this problem and send them a picture of what's going on but ultimately when i sent them a picture we have a a tesla the rear third uh brake light half of it doesn't light up uh it's like an led strip that's the full width of the glass and the right side doesn't doesn't light up so i don't know if it's a a simple wiring problem or whatever but uh, i sent them a picture showed them what was going on and they pushed back my appointment they said that your uh your third brake light assembly is on order. It won't be in on the 15th, it'll be in on the 22nd. So if you'd like to have all the work done at the same time, would you like to move back to the 22nd? I said, oh, well that makes sense. I didn't have to bring it in. You didn't have to look at it, then order it. You saw a picture, you ordered it for me, then change my appointment. So from that standpoint, the app is kinda nice and you are able to do a lot of different things from the app. Uh, Ultimately, we'll see how this service visit goes. Uh, They told me that they have a loaner. I'm really hoping that uh, they can put me in something. And I don't have, uh, I know that for a while they were doing Uber credits. If you're not in the the Tesla group, you wouldn't really know that. But they were giving out Uber credits for you to get back to your job or wherever um, for the the duration that they had your vehicle. Ultimately, that doesn't work for me. So um, they either need to put me in in another Tesla or get me a rental car for the inconvenience. Um, so that is, uh, something that I, hopefully that part goes smooth. I'll definitely update you guys as to the process and how all of that is working. But so far the app, um, has saved me some time from going in there, getting it looked at and ultimately, you know, not having to run in for an appointment and then tell them tell me that they have to order parts and I got to come back in a week and a half. So I definitely like that point. But uh, we'll see how it goes. So that's that's what I got going on there. But get over to uh, Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Please get your votes in. Invite a friend. Uh, if they're like-minded investors, I really want to build a community where we can all share uh, this up-to-the-date um, information as it comes out and really kind of have a network of, uh, of people we can bounce ideas off of. So uh, get over there, vote, and invite others, please. I would uh, greatly appreciate that. But I'm going to take a break. And uh, I will be right back. We're going to wrap some stuff up here and uh, talk about some other news that's going on out there. So stick around. All right, we are back here. And uh, yeah, what I wanted to cover in this part was uh, a little bit of the retail earnings that we were looking at from names like uh, Home Depot, Kohl's, Macy's, Gap Stores, Uh, really kind of paint a picture as to what's going on out there, Uh, even Home Depot. So we had uh, definitely some earnings uh, come out this week. We had some declines uh, when I'm looking at the like the retail stocks. Uh, Target definitely came down. We saw that one. Best Buy, Nordstrom, Macy's, Kohl's, and uh, Gap. They all were notable uh, decliners. So we definitely had a slowing in that retail space. Uh, now, when we looked over at Home Depot, and I'm looking at the earnings call right now, um, a bit of a mixed picture in the standpoint where the uh, the quarter was pretty decent. Uh, looks like they had sales of thirty eight point nine billion for the third quarter, increase of two point one billion or five five point six percent from third quarter of fiscal twenty one. Uh, comp sales were up four percent, and uh, comparable U- sales in the U S increased four and a half percent. They also said that they have reaffirmed their fiscal guidance for. 2022. Uh, comparable sales growth of approximately 3%. Uh, operating margin approximately 15.4%. Net interest expense of a pro- approximately $1.6 billion. Tax rate is uh, 24.6%. What they did go on to mention was that there is a slowing in um, the home repair, do-it-yourself space that they are seeing. Uh, so they did reaffirm that guidance for the rest of this year, but it looks like they're going to be up against some pretty tough comparisons for next year. And that is a growing trend against all these names. So whether you're in, uh, you know, the clothing apparel, or if you're in that, uh, that home do DIY fix it yourself kind of space, all of those are looking tougher. Uh, advanced auto parts also had similar, uh, Similar words to say as well. Let's flip over to that one and just check that out. I didn't really pay attention too much to what it looked like there. Sharp decline there as well. So we had uh, on the five day, we started the week at $184. Uh, we are down to 147 on advanced auto parts. Um, they are a 4% yielder at this point. They're still a PE of a 19. I probably wouldn't be buying here. And I think really we are in for some more pain. Um, Like I said, some of these stores weren't even that bad on the sales front, but uh, that outlook really is weighing on a lot of these stocks. So I really don't want to get into them and catch that falling knife. Uh, I want to let them fall a little bit more. I want to see where these things settle out and we ultimately start seeing some movement higher. Uh, Now, When I am looking at the SPY, the SPY, the ETF that tracks the S&P 500, uh, I did notice a couple things there. And uh, this goes back to an episode we did a a long time ago about the death cross. Uh, Death cross, meaning when that moving average from the 200 day uh, goes ahead and drops against that uh, that shorter term, the 50 day. Uh, So we definitely had that happen uh, earlier this year. And we were looking at uh, death crosses a, against the 20 day and a 50 day when the uh, the longer term trend uh, starts heading south. Um, so now we've got the uh, the 20 day is actually going back up above the 50 day at this point, which could be a, a good sign, but we've seen that uh, on this chart I'm looking at. it looks like we saw it back in, um, April, we saw it back in August, and we are doing that same thing again uh, now in November. Now, at no point in this uh, this year or since March, I'm looking at a nine month chart here. At no point did the 50 day uh, go above the 200 day. We did get close on that 20 day breaking uh, the the 200 day, but ultimately all of them just got pulled lower. So now we see this false, possibly what is a false positive when you're looking at shorter term data, you can see a false positive where we just have these big swings in the market like we've had, uh, where that 20 day does cross that 50 day moving average. Sometimes that's a good sign. Uh, Sometimes it's a little too early to tell. So like I said, we've seen that happen now three times this year. Is this going to be the time where that uh, 50 day actually comes up and rises above the 200 day? Uh, we're not there yet. We still got about a 30-point uh, swing in order to make that 50-day average come back up above the 200-day. And when we see that, uh, that's generally a sign that things are looking up. It might be a little bit late of an entry sign for those that are uh, you know, more in that trading space who want to get in on those quick movements. Uh, sometimes people that want to have those quick movements look at something like the 20-day versus the 50-day. So I am seeing bullishness in the short term from this 20-day moving up above the 50, but uh, overall, the markets are all still moving lower. Uh, and that's definitely a sign where uh, things are still in a bearish downturn of a, of a trend, but uh, we're seeing some movement off the bottom uh, in the short term versus a little bit longer of an outlook. So I definitely like that, but uh, we're still against all those retail numbers I'm telling you about. We're still against a lot of the uh, the trends in the market that really don't want to have things be so super bullish. And it even looks like when we're getting there and we're getting into these bullish runs where we've seen that three times in this year, it's getting sold off. It's gotten sold off hard and and fast. It, these uh, The big money managers are selling off on these big gains. So overall, that uh, the market is heading lower But uh, currently, in that short term, we are trending up. So, I just wanted to kind of point out some of the different movements that I'm seeing, some of the different things that uh, could be a false positive, like uh, a 20 to 50 day moving average weight. You can definitely see false positives there. They don't always tell the whole story. And then, when you zoom out and you're looking at a 50 day versus a 200, um, that does tell more of that long term trend that the market would be moving higher. We have not seen that yet. Uh, So, like I said, the 50 day or no the yeah the 50 day is sitting right around 380 ish I'm going to call it on this chart and the 200 day is sitting around 408 so as we see those numbers kind of start coming closer together and if we do get more movement on the plus side of that 200 day meaning the 50 uh the 50 day simple moving average comes above that 200 day that longer term that is going to be a very bullish sign. Uh, now, if that does happen, I do think that the market is going to react. Uh, we really saw a lot of positivity from the end of October to the middle of November. Now, is that going to continue? Are we still going to get the Santa Claus rally? Are uh, you know some of these sales and more the up to the minute news? You know, if we see uh, news reports that lines for stores are are out the door. Um, maybe we're going to have a little bit of a different sentiment going into the holidays. But right now, all these different companies are looking to guide a little bit lower, uh, especially the retail plays. When I was looking at uh, Target and Gap, Macy's, they were having more things on sale, uh, which again, hurts margins. You might have more people in the store. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're making more money. They might just be selling things uh, closer to cost. So Definitely a, a lot of different things going on out there. Do I think that we're going to get a Santa Claus rally? Um, I don't know. I, I think we definitely had a nice rally now. I'd like to think that we can hold on to some of these gains. And, um, you know, a lot of like even Hasbro, you know, when we were looking at that one, it uh, it's trading near that yearly low. Do I think that one should move up? Yes, I, I do. But uh, I think a lot of these different names are going up against a lot of different battles that they have built in in themselves this year. A lot of inventory concerns, a lot of over-purchasing, a lot of uh, inventory that's just not the right product mix for this point in time. So they're selling these items off. Ultimately, uh, I do think that uh, the retail plays have been beat down. Uh, maybe some of these earnings this week have actually kind of solidified that, you know, things are getting worse and that, you know, we might, have a a longer road to coming back up to you know where we were pre-pandemic, or even during the pandemic, where everyone was buying anything they could get their hands on. Uh, it's looking like a little bit different of a picture now. Ultimately, the Fed kind of still thinks that we're going to still raise uh, and continue to do these raises until um, really the the consumers got nothing left. Uh, so that's definitely you know kind of concerning as well when we're looking at that long-term picture of where do we want to be, what is the market going to do, and what's that next play that we really want to get into going forward. Um, So again, I'm not in these specialty retailers as far as advanced auto parts or, um, you know, like Lululemon. That's like their one thing. They do, you know, the athleisure type wear yoga type stuff. That's not really where I want to be. I'd rather be in some of those big broader names uh, like a Nike or like a Walmart Target. uh, Some of those names that are a little bit more diversified in their product mix and uh, in what they're doing. So I don't really want to focus too niche of uh, of an industry. I want to be a little bit more spread out. So again, that's kind of why I went with Walmart this week and uh, why I'm probably going to stay away from some of the smaller, uh, really industry specific type products going forward. Uh, I don't know how they're going to fare against what the, uh, the retail sentiment really is right now. And I really want to survive this uh, recession or whatever problems are gonna be thrown our way. So I'm looking at the, some of the technicals here in the way of uh, moving averages, Uh, RSI, the uh, different kind of variables that are out there, really trying to paint a picture as to where I think we might be going and understand that some things are probably gonna get left behind. I think that the uh, the big names that are diversified and they can weather a storm are going to be fine and it could be a good time to buy, where some of these names that are, are more specific they could be at that start of still still having a, a more decline until we get some kind of footing as to what's going to happen. Where uh, Walmart, I don't think you're going to get that type of volatility out of a name like that from the standpoint that they have more levers to pull in order to get that uh, that growth, the margin, and the continual uh, continued sales within their stores. So for those reasons, I'm uh, I'm being very specific as to what I'm buying, and uh, if you got a long-term time horizon. I think that some of these different names could be uh, possibly a good pickup as long as they have enough cash and uh, proper management in order to get through this storm. So that's what I'm thinking there. And um, yeah, that's pretty much what I got for you guys today. So just be mindful as to what is going on in the big picture out there. Be mindful to the fact that uh, we might have some more pain ahead and that we might want to, you know, maybe set our course on survival for a little bit and maybe nibble where you really see some deep value and some names that are going to make it out to the other side of this uh, this stock market storm that we have. So really, that's what I got. And uh, make sure you guys get over there. Get your votes in on Let It Grow Investing. Please invite someone else to join the page and uh, ultimately share in what we've got going on over there. And uh, again, the names for the week are uh, Taiwan Semi, uh, TSM, Palo Alto Networks, P-A-N-W, Walmart, which is W-M-T, Devon Energy, which is D-V-N, and Tesla, T-S-L-A. So please get over there, get your boats in, and uh, I will catch you guys in the next one. Have a safe and uh, happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate, and I will talk to you guys next time. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on eTrade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.